Homicide. <laughs> Homicide. I don't know what's wrong with me. Sorry. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Right down Homicide Lane. Uh, dun dun. I've told you. I'm writing this Christmas album. I'm very we're excited kidding, for guys. it. There's going to be a true crime Christmas album. By us. By us. By <laughs> moi and moi. Oh, fancy. I don't know if I said that right. Probably not. <laughs> but it sounded right. <laughs> Sounded right in the moment. <laughs> anyway, hello, friends. How's everybody doing? It's funny. Getting close to Christmas. I know. I'm ready for Christmas. Everybody tell Santa what they want. <laughs> if uh. you don't believe, you don't receive. So don't. <laughs> right? Right, Mama V? Right, Mama V? <laughs> so don't oh. even say that Santa's not real because I don't believe you. I watched Rise of the Guardians last <gasps> night. With Ryan, he had never seen it. That's such a good movie. I love that movie so much. If you have not seen Rise of the Guardian, that is one of the most underrated freaking animated movies ever. It was done by the people who did How to Train Your Dragon. It's DreamWorks. It's DreamWorks. And it's just so good. It's funny and it's cute. And it's all about, it's Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy the Sandman and Jack Frost. Jack Frost. And they're like the guardians and they're the protectors and they have to like fight the oh, boogeyman. Oh, yeah, like the boogeyman comes or they whatever call him he is. Pitch. As in like oh, Pitch, Pitch Black. Black. Oh, and he's played by Jude Law. Yeah, he's Jude <gasps> Law. And it's it's Jude Law, it's Alec Baldwin, Chris Pine, um, shit. Oh, Hugh Jackman and then Isla Fisher. Fisher, excuse me. Oh, I didn't know Hugh Jackman was in that. He's the bunny. He's the oh the bunny with the Australian accent. Oh my God! Yes. Well, we, when we first started watching it, I looked at Ryan last night and I was like, "Okay, you have vo- five voices, and you have to try and guess them." <laughs> Hugh oh Jackman my was the God. first one. <laughs> Did he get it? He, he got, got it. He got Hugh Jackman. He got Jude Law immediately. Um, he did not remember who Isla Fisher was, and I was like, "We literally just watched Now You See Me. She was in that." But okay. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> Um, I was, and he like, was like, I know who, I know who that is. I know who Jack Frost is. I just, I can't figure it out right now. One of the many Chris's in Hollywood. I know. Yep. At first he was like, oh, it's Captain America. And I was like, that's Chris Evans. Close. (laughs) It's like, close. But not quite. Anyway, because it is a mini, we're not drinking wine. We're drinking drinking a cocktail. Mixers. And, um, this is the debacle. We already tried it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not going to wait. 
<laughs> we sipped it immediately. We after sipped it immediately. It. it was so good. Um, I got part of this recipe off of like Absolute Vodka's website. Yes. But we didn't use any of their products. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but literally you can use whatever you want. Um, it's in a mason jar. Mm-hmm. So give yourself a good portion. It's about a shot of lime vodka. Half a shot of limoncello, and then I filled the rest to the top with lemon iced tea. And it's called a summer, like a summer lemon iced, like a summer tea or something like that. Summer tea. But it's the bomb. It's very, very good. I I have a feeling that, like Nicole last week, this week I will be a person (laughs) at the end of this. We'll be sucking it. And we have straws, which makes it even worse. Which makes it worse. We are going to drink it down in two minutes. Um, and I can, I'm not talking this time, so I can be like, you can just sit there and <laughs> suck it down. But I won't let. I you're probably like hearing the clinking in my glass. From <laughs> the, <laughs> the ice, ice cube, like. Ding, 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 ding. Anyway, Nicole, <laughs> what are we talking about today? So, guys, as you know, we are discussing ho ho homicide this month. <laughs> I so serious. have stumbled across this horrible case <laughs> that is. Been referred to as the Christmas Killings. Oh, oh, that's literally what it's called. And I was like, that's really depressing. I like when I first came across it. That's what it was called. I came across an article that was like, like bad things that happened around Christmas, and they called it the Christmas Killings. And I was like, is that really what it's called? And I went over to Google, and I was like, the Christmas Killings, and everything came up. And I was like, oh my god, that's actually what it's called. That's horrible oh my god <laughs> whoever coined this goddamn <laughs> what were you thinking there was there was no creativity there was like yeah there it was christmas and people were being killed so christmas killings <laughs> like wow oh that's sad okay <laughs> i mean death is sad anytime but major bummer major bummer ma- ma- major bummer <laughs> major bummer is already saluting in the corner <laughs> laughing slightly um menacingly <laughs> <laughs> So, the Christmas killings occurred in, obviously, December um, of 1992, and this is the tale of four people that went on a three-day killing spree from Christmas Eve to December 26th. So, December 24th through the 26th, they just went on a three-day-long killing spree. Yowza. Cool. So, (laughs) this story, I keep calling it a story. I need to stop doing that. This is is real life. This is not just a story. This case. Um, This case occurred in Dayton, Ohio. And to this day, they remember this like it was yesterday. This is like absolutely rocked to the city. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, So, it all begins on the morning of December 24th. And I will do my best. There are a lot of names in this. Okay. I will do my best to make sure that I'm constantly telling you who is who and trying to make it as easy to follow as possible. Cool. I know a lot of names can be confusing. So this begins with 16-year-old Laura Taylor and her boyfriend, 19-year-old Marvelous Keen. His name is not spelled like the normal word Marvelous. It is spelled M-A-R-V-A-L-L-O-U-S. Marvelous Keen. Okay. Um... (laughs) And on the morning of December 24th, they decided they felt like committing a robbery. Oh. So, Taylor and Keene were part of what was called, quote, the downtown posse. They were uh, 
people that were kind of estranged from their families. Okay. They didn't really have like a steady place to live. They didn't have jobs. They were often begging for money. They were okay. always drinking or doing drugs. Gotcha. This was not a very good group of people. Okay. Um, so, um, excuse me, on this day, they decided that they were going to commit this robbery. Okay. And they already knew who they were going to rob. Oh. Taylor suggested 34-year-old Joseph Wilkerson. Okay. And the way they were going to do this was they knew Wilkerson. And they knew that he was g- willing to pay them for sex. Oh. Oh. So they called him. They promised him an orgy in exchange for money. And they recruited another downtown posse member known as Heather Matthews. And she was 20 years old. Okay. So... Taylor, Keen, and Matthews all head off to Joseph Wilkerson's house. Okay. When they get there, they all sit down for a drink, and then they slowly start moving things into this, quote, orgy. And they lure Wilkerson Wilkerson into his bedroom, and they're pretending to undress along with him. They're, like, going very slowly while he's, like, ripping his clothes off. Okay. And once he has fully undressed, Keen comes into the room and pulls a gun on him. Tells him to get on the bed and lay down, and they tie him to the headboard with electrical cords. Oh. At this point, while Keen is holding him at gunpoint, Taylor and Matthews begin to ransack his house. And they do not have very much, so they take anything that they think they can make money off of. Mm-hmm. They took his microwave. They took his television. They took a phone. They said it was a cordless phone. I was like, oh, my God. The time when you had to differentiate that. Um, They took his cordless phone. They said they took a curling iron. Oh. I was like, oh, okay. They they took a blow dryer, and then they took a few other items. Um, Now, while they were ransacking the house, Wilkerson did tell Keen that he had a gun that he kept in the garage. It was a thirty-two caliber gun. So Keen sends them, and they go out, and they retrieve the gun, and they bring it back inside. They give it to, um, they give the gun to Keen, and then they continue to search the house. Mm-hmm. As they're searching the house, they hear a gunshot. What? They go back into the bedroom to find that Keen had covered Wilkerson with several blankets, using it to muffle the gunshot, and had shot Wilkerson in the chest. Oh my God! Wilkerson was not dead, and they said his feet were still kicking. From under the blankets. Oh. Taylor, the 16-year-old, asked for the gun. Um, Keen gave her the 32 that they had gotten out of Wilkerson's garage, but when she went to use it, it jammed. So Keen pulled out his own weapon, which was a 25 caliber gun, and gave it to her. And she put it to his temple, fired, and killed him. Um... Oh my God. They then continued to ransack the house a little bit more, st- um, stole a few more items, and they loaded everything they stole into both of Wilkerson's vehicles that were parked in the garage, a red Buick and a blue Pontiac, and took the cars and oh left. Oh, my God. So this just, like, I'm going to tell you, this just gets worse. It oh. goes downhill so freaking fast. Oh, no. Um, they, they leave, and they decide they're not done yet. They pick up another member of this posse and this is 17 year old demarcus smith 
So, just to give you an, a recap, there is 16-year-old Laura Taylor, 19-year-old Marvis, Marvelous Keen, 20-year-old Heather Matthews, and 17-year-old Demarcus Smith. Okay. Um, as they travel around, um, apparently they attempted to rob somebody, and it did not go well. They got away with nothing, and nothing really happened, and so they fled the scene. And then they decided they were going to head back to the apartment they had cra- been crashing at with friends. This apartment complex was run by a local cocaine dealer by the name of Bill. Okay. And was often referred to as a crack den. Okay. This was a very run-down place where a lot of people that they were friends with kind of hung out and used as shelter. Okay. Um... So they go back there, they kind of unload all their stuff, and after a while, Keen and Smith decide they want to go out again. So the two of them go out, they take one of the cars that they had stolen from Wil- Wilkerson, and they start going around the streets. Mm-hmm. <sighs> remember how I told you to remember what you said in the beginning? Oh no, I stepped in it. <laughs> you stepped in it. I um, stepped in it now. So while they are driving down Neal Avenue in Dayton... They spot 18-year-old Danita Goulet using a nearby payphone. Oh, no. Oh, no. They decided she was going to be their next victim. They approached her with the gun drawn. She said, don't shoot me. Those were her last words before they said, Merry Christmas, bitch, and shot her five times. Oh, my God. Danita would be found lying on the ground in a pool of blood just outside the phone booth not too long after. No. She left behind a two-year-old daughter. That's so sad. Um, at the scene, police would also find shell casings from the weapon they used, which would later help them link together all of the crimes that had been committed and all of the crimes that will be committed. Holy moly. Okay. Um... They later testified that they had chosen Danita because they wanted to steal the tennis shoes she was wearing. Before they shot her, they took her coat, her shoes, and her backpack, which only contained 50 cents. And just like school books. She was a senior in high school about to graduate. So they then went and sat in a spot um, nearby an ATM. With the hopes of robbing somebody who came by to withdraw money. But they were, again, unsuccessful uh, and ended up leaving and going back to the apartment. Oh, my gosh. So they went back to this apartment and they bust through the door and they start bragging about killing Danita. They show off all the things that they stole. They talk about how they killed her. Now, at this moment, Mm -hmm. four of them are not the only ones in the apartment. Oh, They are also staying with two others, 16-year-old Wendy Cottrell and 18-year-old Marvin Washington. Okay. So they hear all of this. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, At this moment, nothing happens, but that becomes important, so remember that. (laughs) Okay. Um, I will. Unfortunately, their next victim would be one that would come right through their very own front door. Um, It was... Excuse me, Heather Matthews' boyfriend, Jeffrey Wright. They had gotten in a fight earlier that day, and he came back to the apartment, and the fight kind of continued. 
at which point he had dragged her by her hair into one of the bedrooms and they were in like the middle of like a physical screaming match oh man um smith intervened fighting with Wright, eventually pulling his gun on him he shot him in the leg before Wright fled and smith chased him from the complex all while shooting at him he managed to shoot Wright in the leg the legs sorry four times shit Wright survived and got away oh my god I don't know how the man continued to run with four bullets in his legs. Sheer adrenaline. But he managed to escape to a nearby house at which he found help with the family inside. Yikes. Um, and just a reminder, this is still Christmas Eve. Yikes. This is one day. So they go to bed that night and the next morning they like... Every source I read was like, Taylor seemed to be influenced by the killing of Heather, or the attempted killing of Heather Matthews' boyfriend. She decided she wanted some revenge on her own ex-boyfriend. So, they all got in the car and went to 19-year-old Richmond Maddox's house. Taylor got out of the car and went up to the house and lured Richmond outside, saying she wanted to talk to him and she wanted some privacy. Mm-hmm. They get in Richmond's car, and they go for a drive. Meanwhile, the other three are, are following behind in their own vehicle. Oh, man. Maddox eventually notices the car following them, becomes incredibly suspicious, and he slams his foot on the accelerator and takes off. Oh. At this point, Taylor pulls out the twenty-five caliber gun that Keen had given her, Puts it to his head, fires, and kills him. Oh, my God. While he's speeding down the road. Oh, my God. Before the car could crash into the tree it ended up crashing into, she bailed out. She only somehow managed to... She she somehow... Oh, God. She somehow only sustained minor injuries to her leg. She bailed out of, like, a speeding car. Oh, my God. Holy shit. This... I don't want to say thankfully, but... This would be the only victim that they claimed on Christmas Day. Okay. Um, that night, um, they were a little too afraid to go back to the apartment complex after what had happened with Wright. Mm-hmm. They chose to go to the home of two known gang members. Okay. This was 16-year-old Dion Pinson okay. and 17-year-old Nick Woodson. You're right. There are a lot of people in this. There's a lot of people in this. <laughs> okay. Um so they go, and this is like a family home. Like, they go, and it's not just these two kids. Dion and Nick were cousins. Mm-hmm. Their mothers were both there. Oh. And they just, like, let all these people in their house. Oh. Um, lovely. At one point, they actually attempted to loop Woodson in on the crimes they were committing. And he was like, no, nah, I don't want to be part of that. Because it was chaos. Yeah, it doesn't sound like <laughs> it's just like, hey, I'm going to go lure this guy that I've ne- like that I haven't seen in like months out of his house, like to to murder yep. him and pull a gun on a girl in a phone booth to get her tennis shoes and 50 cents. Yep. Like what? Oh, it, it this just literally gets worse. So at this point, they spend Christmas night at this house 
the next morning, they just continue to wreak havoc. Oh, man. They go out and they stop at a nearby mini mart. Taylor goes inside. Oh, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) Taylor goes inside before she comes back out and says, there's only the woman working and two people inside. Like, let's get them. They so, like, they did they go in, like, looking to see how many people were going to be in the mini mart? I don't think so. It didn't sound like they originally stopped with the intention of robbing this place. But Taylor went in and was like, there's only two people in there. And then the person behind the counter. Let's, let's. Okay, because we can control this situation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, that morning, 38-year-old Sarah Abraham was working the counter at her family-owned grocery store. Oh, my God. Taylor entered with Keenan Smith in tow. They pointed their guns at Abraham and demanded all of the money from the register. Sarah handed over everything that was in the register, and they then shot her twice in the head. What the fuck? Sarah, a mother of three, would only survive five more days in the hospital before passing away. Oh my god. One of the customers within the store, a witness named Jones Pettis, was shot in the stomach and the hand, but survived. The other witness in the store was 71-year-old Jimmy Thompson, and he managed to escape completely unscathed after he pretended he had been shot. He later told police that he had actually given a nickel to Taylor after she claimed to be short on cash when trying to buy a drink. What the fuck? He was a good Samaritan. He gave you he gave you money. And then, what the fuck? Worst of all, they only got $44 out of the cash drawer. Oh my god. Huh. <sighs> they okay. Then, they then fled to a local gas station where they approached a woman who was putting air in her tires They held her at gunpoint and demanded her car. She fled very quickly, and thankfully they did not kill her. Oh, my God. But they did steal her car, which I'd be like, fine, take it. It was... (laughs) (laughs) Take my car. Seriously, take my car. (laughs) Take my car. (laughs) Um, They stole her vehicle, which was a Dodge Shadow. Um, And they ended up using plates from Wilkerson's Blue Pontiac to kind of throw the police off so they took her plates off in case she reported it stolen and put other stolen plates from that doesn't make any sense unless they haven't discovered wilkerson's body yet okay which they have not gotcha so at this point the police were on to them got it um they had begun to link all of the shootings thanks to obviously like i said the shell casings um but they were absolutely stumped on who the hell they were looking for. All of the killings were chaotic. There was absolutely no, like, rhyme or reason. There was no, you know, everybody had brown hair. There was nothing. There like, was no apparent motive. Nothing. No similarities in the victims. only thing that linked them was the weapon. Oh, man. Okay. So they couldn't figure out who they were looking for. They were like, these, ra- these killings are so random. There's no motive. How do we figure out who the hell we're looking for? So 
at this point, the four of them had begun to panic. Oh. They were starting to believe that Wendy and Marvin, the two others that had been in the apartment when they were bragging about killing Danita, were going to implicate them in their crimes and turn them into the police. Even though they had not said anything or done anything, they just happened to overhear the conversation, basically. Hello! Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. The commercial where two idiots debate weird phenomena. I'm Chris. I'm the Believer. I'm Cody. I'm the Skeptic. We are an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast. And proud members of the Podmoth Network. So, did you know there's a creature in Japan called a kappa that tries to suck a bejeweled life force out of your anus? Uh, I did not, and I'm not even going to try debunking that. Instead, I volunteer as tribute. Okay, so if you like your podcast a little spooky, a little mysterious, a lot gay, do we have the show for you? Just listen and subscribe to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more content, search BSPodPHX on social media or visit BSPodPHX.com. Bye! decided that at that time they should go pick up Wendy and Marvin. Oh yay. So at this point they are driving around and they also now have Woodson in the car. They have invited him along for this drive and so it's the four of them plus Nick Woodson. Okay. They go and get Wendy and Marvin. They stop and buy beer and they kind of just drive around for a bit. Okay. Nick Woodson becomes antsy. He's like, I kind of sense something weird here. Uh, I don't want to be here anymore. He has to be dropped off at home. And for some reason, they oblige. And they just drop him off. They're like, okay. And they just let him go. Huh. Maybe and, at this point, he didn't. They were just trying to, like, get him involved. And he just, like, wanted no part of it. And was like, this feels sketch. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. So they drop him off. And continue to drive around. And eventually, Keen is like, I gotta use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he pulls over in a very remote area. Oh. On a gravel road. Yay. And, of course, instead of getting out and immediately using the bathroom, he opens the back door, points a gun at Wendy and Marvin, and demands they get out of the car. Uh. He, he and the rest of them walk them over behind a large pile of construction material. All the while, Wendy and Marvin are begging for their lives, claiming they never snitched, they had no intention to snitch, they do not care, and they are both shot execution style and left where they are. What left where they fall. What the fuck? <laughs> All because they were paranoid that they were going to turn them in. And there was, like, no, at, at that point, there was, like, no, like, they, there wasn't yeah. police presence anywhere because they didn't know who the fuck they were looking for. Mm-hmm. They don't even suspect these people. Exactly. <laughs> at this point, the What are they just, like, they're like, oh, the police know who, who we are. It's magic. So at this point, they <laughs> only know, they know about Danita. Mm-hmm. They know about Maddox mm-hmm. because he crashed his car. Right. And they know about Sarah Abraham. In the store. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
is, and then the other two that were wounded in this yes. or the other um, yeah, and then her her boy or um, Heather's boyfriend that tries to run away. I, as far as I know, I could not find anything that said he like. They said they got him medical help, but I don't know if he just like refused to talk about what happened. But I was like, why? How did they not find them from that? It did right, not it was the same bullets. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, it did not stem from that at all. So I don't know if he refused to tell them what happened and just like sought medical treatment. But whatever happened to Wright, it was not involved with how they get caught okay okay um that makes sense so they leave the bodies of wendy and marvin they get back in the car and um they continue to drive so at this point they have murdered six people oh my god they have murdered wilkerson goulette maddox abraham and um katrill and washington sorry okay and they have now attempted to murder both wright and Pettis. They have both been wounded, but not killed. Right. So, at this point, the police have set up a tip line. Okay. And are trying to get any information. They're like, this is so bizarre, we need something. Mm-hmm. And this is when they receive a call from a man who identifies himself as Nick Woodson. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> They kind of deserve this. <laughs> oh, and Nick shit. told the officer on the other line that he was scared as a group of people that he knew were trying to recruit him to help them commit robbery and murder. Oh. The officer asked if he would come into the station to, to, to talk about it. And he said he was too afraid. But he did manage to give the officer Demarcus Smith and Heather Matthews name. And he managed to give them a very, very detailed description of Laura Taylor and Marvelous Keen. So he, he didn't know who they were? He did not know their names. Oh. But he could describe them to a T. Well, there's that. He even directed them to Wilkerson's house. Saying that they would find the place ransacked and Wilkerson would be dead inside because they killed him. Shit. The officer said they would send a patrol unit to help escort him safely to the police station Mm -hmm. so that they could protect him and, you know, use him to find them. Yeah, used his testimony. He finally agreed. So they sent police. Um, By the time they got to his house, he'd become so spooked, he actually got in the car and had driven himself to the police station. Oh. (laughs) Um, So they got to his house and he was already gone. Oh. (laughs) But they... uh, um, they did manage to speak to a few of Woodson's neighbors. And it was at this point they were informed that the description matched the kids driving around in a Dodge Shadow. Wow. So they send out this description to all on-duty police officers. Excuse me. Um, oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm a mess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it is not long. Before somebody spots this Dodge Shadow. And that would be on-duty police sergeant John Huber. So the sergeant called in the plates when he noticed the vehicle. And they quickly radioed him back and said, Well, those are not registered to a Dodge Shadow. They're registered to a blue Pontiac under the name Wilkerson. (laughs) And they're like, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) We gonna get you. He had noted that the people driving the vehicle highly matched the descriptions they were given. And they immediately surrounded the car. Oh, man. 
this was honestly after everything that had happened almost slightly extremely uneventful oh (laughs) slightly extremely that didn't make any sense but you know slightly Um, and extremely uneventful they managed to get taylor smith i'm not i'm sorry taylor keen and matthews right there smith tried to run oh my god (laughs) this is hilarious he ran back to Dion Pinson's house. And when the police went there, <laughs> oh my God. He was coming down the stairs. And when they said, Who are you? He tried to say his name was Dion. There was another guy in the house that was like, That's not Dion. That's Demarcus Smith. <laughs> and he kept being like, Nah, I'm Dion. And they just arrested him. <laughs> they like, oh my God. They were like, Okay. And they later found out that Dion had been arrested the day before for unrelated things. Oh, my God. So it was definitely not Dion. So it was definitely not him. Okay. Um, when they pulled them over, they actually learned later on that Taylor, the 16-year-old, had ordered her boyfriend, Keen, to shoot Sergeant Huber. Oh, my God. She wanted him to pull his weapon and start firing. For whatever reason, Keen did not do this. Good. Which, I mean, good for him. They probably all would have died in a shootout. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? Why would you do? You know that's suicide. You have to know that's suicide. I honestly think that that's what she wanted. Oh, So man. upon upon arrest, Keen was wearing Wendy's gold necklace, Danita's plaid jacket, and he was carrying Wilkerson's pocket knife. <laughs> So, mm, you really, really, really did it. He really, they, they really fucked up. <laughs> they were not smart at, no. a, at all. So, during interviews with detectives, they said Taylor was like a pain in the ass. They said she was extremely difficult to speak with and she was just cold. They said that she was so uncooperative that she even refused to go to the bathroom or ask to use the bathroom. And at one point, just flat out urinated in her pants and in the chair she was sitting in in the interview room. Oh my god. That's fucking disgusting. What the fuck? <laughs> I was reading that and I was like, why? That's what? You uh, can, just go to the bathroom. God, you can be cold and uncooperative, but please use a toilet. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god. Um... And it was at this point that Taylor also eventually told them about Wendy and Marvin. Because at this point... They didn't know about that. They did <gasps> not know about them. And they ended up locating their bodies exactly where she said they would be. Oh, my God. So, each of this posse were charged with several crimes. Everything from aggravated burglary, burglary up to murder. Good. Um... Keen was said to have confessed. Um, he mentioned in court that the death of his brother the year prior in a robbery gone wrong, um, and also a falling out with his father right after the death of his brother was what led to his, quote, troubled emotional state. It's like, oh, okay, you can have a troubled emotional state and still not murder people, but okay. Right, right, yep, yep, um, yep. That's, that's not the answer. Yep, um, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> Matthews was actually granted a plea deal for agreeing to testify against Keenan Taylor. But the thing is, this plea deal did not get her much. 
Because she was still charged with a lot of stuff. (laughs) Every single one of them received so many sentences that they all had over a hundred years worth of jail time. All of them? Yeah, all of them. Individually. Oh my god. So, all four of them ended up being convicted. Taylor and Matthews were sentenced to life in prison for murder and now reside at Ohio's Reformatory for Women. Um, they were, at the time, minors. Oh, shit. So they were tried as adults? Well, I'm sorry. Taylor was minor. Okay. Um, so she was ineligible for the death sentence. Oh, because she was a kid. And they had her pinned as, like, the head of this. She was the one that planned everything. Every move they made was because Taylor basically said so. She's 16. And she's 16. Or at the time, she was 16. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, what the fuck? Smith was also, also, also sentenced to life in prison for murder and is serving his time at Mansfield Correctional Institute. Keen was convicted on five counts of murder. Everyone but Maddox, who Taylor had shot in the head while he was driving his car. Yeah. And he received the death sentence. Oh, man. On July 21st of 2009, at 10.36 a.m., 36-year-old Marvelous Keen was put to death by lethal injection. Oh, my God. Yep. And he was 19 when these crimes occurred. He was not put to death until he was 36. This happened in 1992. And this was in 2009. Holy shit. Okay. Now, I had to put my drink down for this. (laughs) Dramatic pause. Guess what his final meal was. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggies. Listen, you can't guess this one. It's (laughs) fucking ridiculous. I was I sat there and I read it and I was like this cannot be it and then I found it in like three other places a and scoop I was like, of vanilla ice cream, oh <laughs> one gummy bear. <clears throat> Marvelous Keen's final meal was a porterhouse steak cooked medium with a one sauce, a pound of jumbo fried shrimp with cocktail sauce, French fries and onion rings with ketchup, dinner rolls with butter and strawberry preserves, two plums, a mango, a pound of seedless white grapes, German chocolate cake. Two bottles of Pepsi and two bottles of A and W cream soda. How could you eat all that? That is so much food. <laughs> <laughs> How do you eat all that? Why? Okay, I understand like asking for it, but why a pound of it? A pound is so much. That, that's like who that's can eat a pound of seedless grapes? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many grapes. Dude, you're not going to be able to eat those in time. <laughs> like, right? I was like, eventually, do they cut? Like, do they like give you a time limit? Do they cut you off? Eventually? No, I, like, I feel. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like th- there's a time that it's set to happen, right? I think so. Like, excuse me. <laughs> basically, yeah, you only have so much time to eat that meal, man. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! Oh man. Um, okay. Uh, before his death, he had absolutely no request to meet with any family or friends, and none attended his execution or visited him while he was in prison. Um, oh. At his execution, seven members of victims' families did come. Yes. His witnesses were just two lawyers. He didn't pick anybody. They just, like, had to assign them. You, like, have to have a witness, I guess. And then he just, like, was like, give me lawyers. Doesn't matter. Oh, man. Um, He had... No last words when he was asked. And this is a weirdly dark fun fact. 
after the U.S. reinstated the death penalty in 1976, Keene was the 1,171st execution after this reinstatement. More specifically, he was the exact thousandth execution by lethal injection after the death penalty had been reinstated in the United States. Whoa. Yeah. Um, uh, today, sorry, <laughs> just got really thrown off. Um, Danina Goulet's sister, Rhonda, mm-hmm. um, she ended up helping raise Danina's two-year-old, her Aww. niece. Um, and she has now become a victim advocate for the Montgomery County Victim Witness Division. Okay. Um, she works with the local church to help feed the homeless during the holiday season. Um, unfortunately, Danita and Rhonda's mother passed away just six years after Danita's murder at the age of 51, and Rhonda attests that this is due to a broken heart. Oh, that um, hurts my soul. There is also now a book that is written about this, which I, A, did not find out about until I was, like, halfway through this case, and it was <laughs> way too late for me to order it, because <laughs> oh, no. it was only available on Amazon, first of all. Oh, okay. It was also B, only 123 pages, and it was $24. And I was like, that's expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And also, everything from Amazon is late right now. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this in a time where I can read it before we have to record. Right. So go read it if you would like So this book is called The Christmas Killings, 40 Hours to Justice. I do not know why they called it 40 Hours to Justice because it took place over three days. I'm assuming it's from probably the time, like, from which they found the first but it's victim like to, like, when they made the arrest. Yeah. It's not the time, peri- no, it's not the timetable of the killings. It's, like, from the moment they were notified to the arrest. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. That's my guess. That makes sense. Um, but this book was written by many of the main detectives that were on the case at the time. Um... I did read that it tends to be a lot more about the police itself than the case and how oh. it kind of affected them. So, read it if you desire. I did not. There might be some... Inf- it, it, some people were like, it's so interesting, and other people were like, it's all about the cops. I, so re- I was like reading through the reviews, and I was like, mm, okay. Uh, I don't know if I missed anything much. Out of so, that. take what you will from but it. But, take what you will. It is available on Amazon, like I said. Um, But, yeah. Smith, Taylor, and Matthews are still in prison. Keene has been put to death. And that is the tale of the Christmas killings. Ho-ho homicide is a a major bummer. Fucking major bummer. (laughs) Fucking major bummer. But yeah, that one, I was was like reading this and I had never heard of this before. No, I've never heard of this case before. (laughs) I was reading through it and I was like, this is really motherfucking depressing oh my god it just yeah no rhyme or reason it is just like people killing almost for fun right and it's just like on christmas and all of these young people with families and it's just like yeah no so senseless yeah like what there was no point in any of that oh no point yeah that was not a fun one to read about i'm sorry like mary freaking murdered god (laughs) Merry murder. Merry murder. It's not so merry. It's sad. <laughs> um, but anyway, Macy, uh, where can our listeners find us? <laughs> After that major bummer. Bing. Um, 
Wow, that cocktail is good. Um, Only halfway done. <laughs> I. Uh, you sucked yours down. Yerp. Um, okay. So, friends, you can find us so many places. We are on Patreon. If you feel so inclined, please go be one of our beautiful buzzards at. Well, you all are beautiful buzzards. But. <laughs> All of our Patreons get um, a handwritten card by us that is handmade by us with some stickers that you can only get if you are a patron. And um, you'll also get special content, especially over Christmas, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Yeah, we are taking a small hiatus, but if you're part of Patreon, you'll get get some extra content. You get a little Christmas bonus. Over Christmas. But that is patreon.com slash buzzkillerspodcast. There are two tiers, $1, $2, anything you would like to, you know, give to contribute to us um, will be used to better this podcast for your earballs. We are also on Facebook. 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 I don't know what I was trying to say. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Buzzkillers Podcast. At Buzzkillers Podcast. We are on Twitter at Buzzkillers Pod. At Buzzkillers Pod. If you go to YouTube and type Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. In that handy <laughs> search bar of yours, you will find us. Please like and subscribe. If we get up to 100 subscribers, we get a- our own, um, what is it? URL. URL. Yay. Customized. And um, it will be much easier to find us. You do not have to search us. You can just hop in that URL and type our URL. You could literally just type in Buzzkill. I mean, you can do this now, but it doesn't pull up YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzkillers, a true crime pos- podcast or, you know, Buzzkillers podcast or whatever. It'll be like YouTube.com slash Yeah, us. it'll pull us right up and you'll see our videos or whatever. Um, we are also everywhere you like to listen to your podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Podcast, Amazon Music slash Audible, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and our host platypus, Podbean. Oh, yeah. And you can also visit us at www.buzzkillerspodcast.com. Yes, you can. <laughs> um, on our website, you can read about the wines we drink. You can read a little bit about us. You can listen if you want to. Uh, you can also send us a handy-dandy message um, yes. on our contact page. Or you can email us at buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com. That's us. Yeah. And remember, guys, to also go listen to all of our fellow podcasts on the Podmoth Media Network. We are proud yes. podmoth we are a proud proud po- i can't do this proud podmoth podcast <laughs> proud podmoth podcast so um, we forgot to say it in the beginning i know and so i wanted to make sure we added it somewhere because <laughs> i promise you we are very proud we are we are quite proud we are also just very forgetful <laughs> yes and we got up here and we were just like beep, 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 so excited to see each other and like have a drink and talk so excited so. to talk about batman and batman for <laughs> 10 minutes <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we talked, we did movie, we talked about movies at the end of the last one too, for a while, didn't we? I think we did. Something like that. Anyway, <laughs> we're cool people. <laughs> Until next time, everybody. <laughs> Don't be a buzzkill. Be a buzzard. Okay, we love you. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by BK Creations, LLC.